So welcome, welcome, HBRV Lifestyle. Uh, we are here to talk about a little bit of an industry update. And also I got a lot of uh, different emails from different folks across the United States and some actually Canadian questions as well that I can answer about product, but I can't really answer about your financing because I've never worked at a Canadian dealership before. But, um, you know, if you're watching this afterward, you can always email me your questions, uh, Services at gmail.com. Uh, most of the time I get a lot of questions about RV financing. Um, and so far, a lot of you have asked me where you can find the Viking or Clipper 14 SR or CR. Um, so... You know, if you guys are interested in any of the Clippers or Vikings or any of the product that uh, obviously I go over, uh, make sure you send me your state information, you know, city, state you live in, and I can direct you towards the dealership that uh, obviously you guys uh, would be going to that has the product. Okay, so we're going to slip into our Gmail real quick. First of all, I got an email from my boss today, uh, my general manager, really good guy. Um, he sent an email that said that RV retail registrations are 43% up over January of last year. That is a really, really good sign that really the RV business is not going to slow down quite as dramatically as people do. Hello, Antoine Lyons. How you doing tonight? So the RV business has been... Uh, a little bit on a slowdown in December and a lot of that has to do with the fact and, and I've, I've told dealers this I've told consumers this that have emailed me questions uh, that the end of the day the RV business for years before COVID occurred before all the COVID lockdowns before all of those things occurred December naturally is a really slow month in the RV business California, as an example, California, where I worked most of my retail career, when it got past Thanksgiving weekend, it was like crickets. And it would be crickets for, <laughs> for a long time, probably till about second, third week of January. Uh, I remember the dealership I worked for in Ventura, California, uh, I remember one December we did two units, two, and we were at like three for the month of January. This is 2017, okay? We were at three units by the end of January, and we ended up with six. February came around, people start getting their taxes, they start getting their W-2s, they start coming out of the woodwork a little bit, and voila, we start our season. And season usually started around March and usually ended, again, right around Thanksgiving weekend. A lot has to do with people are worried about their taxes. Uh, they're worried about, um, uh, God, you know, Christmas gifts. And let's also face it, this year, this last year was the first year that the majority of people around the world felt comfortable having Christmas dinner together. It was the first year, like, that wasn't dominated with the news or, 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 or politics Screaming and yelling, you can't go have Christmas dinner with grandma, right? So people went out for the first time in some cases in a couple of years and decided to have some fun for Christmas. Uh, 
So, that all being said, getting the news that 43%, we are up 43% in retail sales from January of last year to January of this year, that's 22 to 23, that's really good. That's actually saying that you folks, the consumers, and you folks, the dealers, are coming to mutual decisions on pricing, payments. That means interest rates are not affecting the buying process as much as I thought it would during the winter time. So I'm glad to be wrong about that. I mentioned that uh, in one of my shows, one of my episodes I did about two months ago when I was talking about used RV pricing and when I was talking about how dealerships are handling things in that respect, okay? So good news there. The other good news is what I have found out through some of my connections on the financial side is that even though the Fed raised their rate a quarter of a point, it looks like that raise on the RV side is probably not going to happen. It might happen with the credit unions, but as far as the prime banks at the dealerships, it doesn't look like it's really going to affect uh, that side of the business very much. Um, I would be surprised. Now, there's going to be some banks and some programs that's going to affect, but in essence, like some of the banks were dropping their interest rates uh, before this year or starting to at the beginning of this year. Okay, So let's go to the email real quick. Because I saw a bunch of emails that, uh, by the way, thank you for the support, guys. I mean, I really do. I'm, I'm happy to help everybody out. I'm happy to help you guys uh, with any of your questions. Um, you know, I'm going to try to do this. Uh, excuse me one second. I'm going to try to do this as much as humanly possible. Uh, I, I'm going to try... Uh, to make sure, sorry about that. I'm going to try to make sure that I try to do this at least once a week from now on. It's been very hard because I'm on the road. In fact, I'm in a hotel room in Evanston, uh, Wyoming, and I uh, wanted to take this time before I had to go do a bunch of work because I got some things I got to do to finish up this evening. But I want to make sure to do this live stream with you guys to go over uh, these emails, okay? So this is a incredible email that comes out of uh, a gentleman, looks like um, Arkansas, okay? And I'm going to paraphrase your question because I don't want to use names, I don't use product, I don't use dealer names, so I'm going to paraphrase all this stuff, okay, um, down to what really the question's about, okay? Okay. Uh, you say the question is you say that the amount finance affects interest rates with RV loans. I am XYZ dealer with buying an XYZ coach, and I have been told that um, my interest rate does not change if the dollar with the dollar amount financed. Uh, I'm really confused. Can you help me out with this? Okay, so let me answer this very, 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 very simply. If you listen to my original video on this I did a year ago, okay, and when you go to a prime bank, when you're doing bank financing through the dealership, when you have excellent credit, when you're like over 760 as a FICO score, the amount financed does matter for an interest rate, okay? So the amount financed does matter. 
because a bank has to make its return. So if you're taking, let's say, a $10,000 loan out, okay, for a travel trailer, as an example, okay, most of you are going to take a shorter term loan on ten grand. you are not going to get a 20-year term. You're going to get between a 6 and a 10-year term, depending on the program, all right? With that being said, that being said, guys, all right, credit unions do things differently. So the dealership you may be working with in this case probably only uses credit union financing and they don't use regular banks. Okay, they don't use regular direct banks that, you know, process the loans directly through the dealership. Okay. A credit union has their own program and it doesn't really matter the amount financed for an interest rate, but it does. Because the short with a credit union, the shorter the term, the lower the interest rate. With a regular bank, like Bank of America, Bank of the West, U.S. Bank, Huntington National Bank, all those folks, the longer the term, the smaller the interest rate. Okay? So they work in opposite directions of each other. So a credit union and a regular bank kind of work on the opposite ends of things. All right? So I'll give you an example. There is a credit union of that I personally bank with that just sent me a letter in the mail that was offering me 2.99 financing on a refinance on my car, but I have to do a 24-month term to get that 2.99. If I go out, let's say, a six- or seven-year term on the refinance, now the rate's in the fives and sixes. So you have to just pay attention to those little tiny details when you see an ad that says, we offer RV financing at 3.24% interest, and you're like, you go to the dealer, you go to credit, oh, I, got, I can get three and a quarter. Well, you have to read the documentation through that. Now, I don't, now, I'm being a little sarcastic with a three and a quarter, but you just have to realize there's always a carrot, always a caveat with things. So more than likely, the dealership you're dealing with deals with only credit union financing, which there's nothing wrong with that, okay? I have uh, five dealer friends of mine that deal with only credit unions. They don't even deal with banks. So, you know, every dealer kind of operates differently in that respect across the country, okay? All right, the next one. Saw your video on the Coachman Clipper, the 15-foot little bunkhouse trailer. I live in Florida. Where can I find that trailer so I can look at it? I want to see if my husband can fit on the dinette bed. Um, well, it depends what Florida part of Florida. Again, next time, please send me your city. But more than likely, uh, if I remember right, my boss told me, especially with him being at the Tampa show, because he was at the Tampa show not that long ago, that Lazy Days has the Viking, um, and General RV has the Clipper. Now, I'm not sure which one have the 15 yet. I'll look it up, and I'll respond to your email. And what I'll do, folks, if you live in Florida and you really want to see that little 15-foot bunkhouse trailer, um, I'll put... A link in the description box at the end if you're seeing this after the live stream 
and I'll put uh, General RV's uh, link if they have it or uh, Lazy Day's link if they have it. Um, if you guys live in another city besides, you know, near Tampa or outside of Tampa, let me know. Email me, LevingstonRVServices at gmail.com, and uh, I'll, I'll get you whatever uh, city it is. It's, it's a great little floor, but I'm actually shocked. Just to give you guys an idea, when I was at the Tacoma RV show, I was absolutely shocked how much traction, how much attention that little 15BH got. It, it, I mean, most people were like astonished, like, oh, wow, it's only 17 feet, 10 inches. Wow, I can tow this is my SUV. I, I, my buddy in Ventura, uh, Coyote RV, uh, Coyote RV Sales. He sold his quick. Um, shoot, Bobby Combs RV in Yuma, Arizona popped theirs like really quick. It was a little shocking to me because I thought, yeah, they'll probably, each dealer will probably sell it once, maybe twice, you know, during the year. So it's nice to see a new floor plan like that get so much attention. Um, and if you guys want to see that, um, I also have videos on it on the channel as well. Um, but yeah, um, if, if you, I'll email you back, but if anybody else watches this, especially after the live stream is over, if you're seeing a review of it later, um, I'll just post it there in the, in the description box. If you're listening on Spotify or iHeartRadio, um, just email me and I will send you a link to the nearest dealership that has it in stock. All right, let's go down. Let's go down. Uh, do, do, do. Nope, I'm not going to answer that one because that is too direct of a question. Here we go. My wife and I have discussed going and living the van style, the van lifestyle. We have been to XYZ dealer in XYZ state and city. And they have told us that to find what we're looking for, we're going to have to spend almost $200,000. Now, I have found that I can buy the van myself and repurpose it to be an RV for a quarter of that money. But you say there's downsides to it. Can you elaborate on the downsides of building our own van motorhome to hit the road and live the lifestyle. Uh, well, it's con so. Here's what I try to tell people all the time when it comes to vans. Okay, Class B motorhomes, like, okay, so Coachman has the Beyond. You got the Winnebago Travados. You have Midwest that makes the B van. Um, guys. Folks, ladies, I'm trying to be politically correct with this. Class B motorhomes are financed from anywhere between 15 to 20 years, new or used, depending on the year. And when you go and get financing on a van, whether you have to pay cash or financing doesn't matter. I'm just saying, when you go and get financing for a Class B motorhome, banks look at the manufacturer. They need a certificate of origin. 
they want an invoice that includes that's either been RVDA or RVIA certified before they will give you an RV loan. Now, I'm going to go off topic a little bit. I'm going to talk about Opus uh, off-road trailers for a minute. So Opus is an off-road trailer I sold a couple years ago that's still around, that's, that's assembled in Pittsburgh, California. For the longest time, no one could get them financed. They, they didn't go through the process where prime bank or even credit unions would give a regular loan on it, right? Okay. When you take and buy a van yourself and you convert it, the banks, when you go to sell it, are only going to give that consumer that's buying it from you what Kelly Blue Book value is. Kelly Blue Book devalues every 14 days. So every 14 days, realistically it's every 10 business days, the book value on a car drops. An RV, you have one year, okay, so if you bought this year, let's say you bought in January something, January of next year is when the book starts getting hurt. Then after that, it drops quarterly. Except during COVID, it went up. But in a regular world, a B motorhome, a one that you build yourself, the bank won't care that you built an RV van. They're going to call it whatever it is. If it's a Ford Transit, if it's a Mercedes, doesn't matter. It is going to be sold as a either a commercial vehicle or it's going to be financed as a used car, which means the next person that's going to try to purchase it is probably going to qualify for a shorter loan and probably going to need a lot more money down because from the time you actually buy the chassis to the time you put all the RV stuff in it, you're going to want more money than what the bank's really going to be willing to finance when you're ready to sell it. Okay, so let's just make sure that you have an understanding. That is the main downside to building your own B-Van motorhome from scratch. Yes, Pleasureway and Road Trek and, and a lot of these Class B motorhomes, you're absolutely right. They're very expensive. Airstream makes one. They're all very expensive. But when you're ready to either trade it in and get something else sell it or consign it when you're done with it, it's going to be easier to get rid of the RV than it is going to be to get rid of the van. That's the number one downside. The number two downside, to, to, to elaborate on that video I did about a year ago, okay. the other downside has to do with the fact and I'm reading right here. You have no warranty. Zero. Everything's on you. Right? Everything's on you. Labor. Everything. And here's what's interesting is if you read... And, and you want to read this. 
If you read the owner's manual, especially if you buy a new van, if you read the owner's manual, any modifications to the chassis, the electrical, anything of that nature will void the warranty. So you're on your own. When you at least buy, let's say you go buy a new Coachman Beyond. Let's use that as an example, okay? Coachman and Mercedes are going to take care of you for year one, and they're going to take care of Mercedes is going to take care of you through year five. As long as you don't have to put too many miles on it. I'm going to repeat that again. Coachman is going to make sure they take care of you for a year. And then Mercedes, as far as the powertrain and the motor, you have up to five years on some of that stuff. So realistically, is the juice worth the squeeze? You guys need to watch. See, this is the problem with the, 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 our, our buying system. We look at what things cost price-wise, but we don't look at what it costs us monthly and what it's going to cost us a year or two from now. Or what's going to cost us in five years, okay? So I live in a Cougar fifth wheel in Chilliquin, Oregon, right? All right. How much does it cost me? I actually sat down because I've been in the business long enough. I sat down and, yep, 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 okay, okay, okay. And I've come under budget of what I thought it was going to be. But I thought of every little penny. But instead of putting a, paying cash for it, I financed it. I, finally, I got such a great deal on it. I, I was able to finance 100% of it. But let's 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 just look at it from the perspective of when you have a class B motorhome you could you have a better support system than if you want to save your money. Now, that being said, the one upside to building your own B motor B van motorhome is you get to build it your way. That's plain and simple. You get to build it your way. Okay. By the way, before I go through the next email, I will be at the Salt Lake City, Utah show uh, coming up next weekend, which is February 16th through the 19th. Uh, both Clipper and Viking will be there. Uh, General RV and uh, looks like Castle Country. So good stuff. I'm very excited. Uh, also, for those of you in Canada watching, especially if you're in Alberta, Edmonton, Alberta, Edmonton show up there. You got uh, Arcan and Pulse RV in that show. Uh, with Clipper and Viking. So make sure you check that out. Uh, the boys at Pulse RV have a beautiful display, guys. Gorgeous, gorgeous display. They took pictures and sent it to me today. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for them, man. I'm, I'm keeping in touch with them in te uh, by text. I'm waiting for my passport. Once my passport comes in, my renewed passport comes in. Boy, has that been a struggle to get. Um, I'm actually going to be going to British Columbia after uh, the Portland show. Portland RV show in Oregon, or yeah, Portland, Oregon is going to be March 9th through the 12th. I'll be there every single day. 
Um, and then after that, I'm flying out to British Columbia. Okay. Next email. You guys are awesome. I love all this stuff. Okay. Bingo. I see from your videos that you have skirted the fifth wheel with OSB and it looks like some Pink Panther insulation. That was appears to be in either November or December. We're now in February. Has the plywood swelling up, swollen up, sorry. Or has it started falling apart, breaking apart with all the snow and rain we have seen you get throughout your videos? Great question. And the answer is no. I'm just a shock. I didn't paint it. Um, I didn't spray anything on it. Uh, we've moved uh, two boards, three boards up front near the dump station because we have a propane heater underneath. Um I, I, I couldn't I couldn't be happier. Um, will I do it again next year? No, I'm going to do it differently next year because next year I'll be more prepared. But I, I just think that and, and, and to answer the next question because I'm reading the next question as I'm talking, the entire winterizing of our fifth wheel was all in response to helter skelter. It was like it, all the bad weather that Chiloquin and Klamath Falls gets is generally in January and February. Well, yeah, so Mother Nature decided to come about a month early. And, you know, like the last couple of days, my wife uh, has told me that, uh, you know, it's been getting up to 50 degrees so we, we're going to end up removing all the insulation off the windows. We're going to end up re, uh, removing the underbelly, the skirting, um, once the snow gets more melted. Um, and then I'll, I'll do a video for that for you guys. I will do a, a really lengthy video. Maybe I'll live stream it. I don't know. We don't have that great of internet be, right now because the Starlink signal doesn't really hold live streams very well. Um, because we're still moving trees and moving stuff out of the way to get a better signal. But once I'm able to do that, yeah, I'll probably live stream us actually pulling off all the insulation and doing all that stuff. Uh, okay. Ooh, just got a Facebook message. Let's read that one. Okay. Oh, it's just a comment. Great. You know what? Thank you so much, uh, Shelly. Thank you so much for the message through Facebook. Uh, it basically states, hey, we love the new Viking travel trailer. We live in Texas. Uh, we bought this beautiful trailer. Try and translate from Spanish. I'm sorry. Uh, it fits in our driveway. We got a great price. Thank you for your videos. Thank you for all of your information. Thank you for responding to our emails in Spanish. You're welcome. All right. So before we go to the next question, I want to cover a little something, something, something that's really been awesome. So it appears um, 
it, it appears that these shows that have been going on, these RV shows, have actually been pretty good. There was a lot of low expectations this year. A lot of dealer friends of mine have told me, um, and, and I've even I've even acquiesced to the, the this information that it's going to be a really slowing down year. Well, when my boss emails me and says that the industry is up forty three percent on the retail side, so that mean what that means, guys, and I'm gonna, let me reiterate this. What it means is in January, we are 43% up. That means 43% more RVs were registered sold January of 2023 compared to January of 2022. That is absolutely incredible. It blows my mind. That there was that many more RVs sold in January. Because January of 2022 was a fabulous month. Industry-wide. And now it goes to show you that I bet you if we broke it down by segment. I bet you the segment I represent, which is small little travel trailers. And I bet you uh, some of that was toy haulers. And I, I can almost guarantee you it was probably a little bit of some diesel pusher motorhomes or very high dollar luxury fifth wheels. You know, to me, that's just, I, I'm breathless over it. I'm, I'm speechless over it because I, it was unexpected. Um, the expectation was it's going to take a while. Because the industry slowed down way fast. It was like August, September of 22. It was dead across the universe. October, I got reports that it was actually really good. November up until Thanksgiving, it was really good. And then it was like, oh God, it's 2016 again or 2019 again. Well, yeah, you know, normal. But to be up this much is really, really good. Um... The other interesting thing is, is we're starting to slowly see uh, new blood in the RV business. What I mean by that is we're starting to see some of the younger up-and-coming guys that were salespeople or that were finance managers, general managers. We're finding that 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 40-ish age gap right now is starting to open up their own places across the country i got word uh from a few guys i know on the vendor side and on the financing side that there have been several people across the entire united states everywhere from california all the way to new york city all the way down to florida all the way up to montana down to texas that there's new blood asking around what products are available how do they get financing how do they get uh you know um dealer licenses in certain states we're starting to see an expansion of smaller conglomerates privately owned conglomerates are not traded on the stock market they're starting to expand themselves into different states and kind of dabble into different cities and different markets 
So we're going to start seeing, because there, there's there's a ton of acquisitions that occurred over the last couple of years by big conglomerates like RV retailers and Camping World and uh, Campers Inn, General RV, Lazy Days. These guys are big, Bish's RV. These are all big conglomerates, big corporations that have bought a lot of dealerships. And now you're starting to see the smaller guys, the guys that maybe own three, two, three, maybe four stores, they're starting to open up another store. So Happy Days in California bought a dealership in Bakersfield, uh, California. Uh, I, I'm hearing of a couple of friends of mine that I can't really tell you what they're doing, but I can tell you that they are buying more dealerships or they're going to open fresh ones. Um, I, I've heard of people that are slowly but surely they 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 see that this thing is a good time to get in because it's a down year and a down year means products will become available which means they can get space they can get uh financing uh it's it's going to be an incredibly uh interesting year to see how many new locations open up across the united states small stores large stores uh, th these are things that are going to occur throughout 2023. Um, the other little industry update I want to give you guys that I believe is very, very interesting to me is that the dealers are starting to use Facebook Reels, Instagram Reels, uh, TikTok videos, I believe that's where the new interest is coming from. Folks, I'm not the only YouTuber, obviously. You got Josh the RV Nerd. You got Miles RV. You got Matt's RV and Towable Reviews. Just to name a few, right? And they're a lot bigger than I am. But when it comes to TikTok, you know, I started to see way more interest on TikTok with the RV business going. I'm starting to see more uh, more views on Instagram and Facebook Reels. This is gonna be a trend that I think is going to grow in the RV business is the small, short, one-minute walkthrough videos that are gonna appear on YouTube Shorts and, 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 and platforms of that nature. And I think we're going to start getting a young, uh, a younger crowd back out, uh, ready to buy. So I think that's generated a lot of interest. Interest rates are not slowing people down. If if anything from this report that my boss sent me, it, <laughs> I'm going to tell you. It just tells you interest rates are not bothering people. If people see a good price and a good product and they're ready to pull the trigger, they're doing it. So the deals are out there. If you're a dealer watching this and you've been really slow, I would start looking. I, I know the old saying, don't look at what other dealers are doing. You know, We're only going to worry about what we're doing. If I were in your shoes and you're really, really slow on your dealership lot, I'd start looking at some of the guys that are selling the heck out of uh, coaches right now. Because there's a lot of good moving parts. The guy, you know, there's a lot of social media stuff going on. There's a lot of promotional materials going on. Uh, th this, 
this industry is growing and finally moving forward with a lot of the new technologies. You're starting to see a lot more interaction between the dealership and the consumer through social media. You're starting to see a lot more deals go down through TikTok. I watched a live stream the other day, won't name the dealer because that's unfair. That's, that's unfair to every other dealer across America and Canada. But the dealer was live streaming a showroom walkthrough of 25 units on the ground. So you as a consumer, if you were watching TikTok Live and you happen to get on your For You page, you got a walkthrough and a, and, a, and a demonstration of about 25 RVs over a two-hour period. That is one heck of a cool shopping experience. Now, they, they, when I watched it, a few people actually made deals with the guy over social media. But for the most part, a lot of you got like, hey, man, I like the way that looked. I'm going to go down to that dealer or go find that unit. I'm going to go into it and see what it feels like inside personally. So there's, th this industry is starting to pave the way away from TV and radio and start going towards the growth potential, which is, ladies and gentlemen, what I'm filming on, the phone. Okay. All right, let's take a few more questions here. I don't have any in the comments section right now, so let's do... Won't tie the city. That's unfair. Do your travel trailers that you guys build, uh, can they be modified for an Australian, for Australian code? I don't know. I'll ask. Uh, for the most part, I know we do Canada. We do uh, coding for Canada. Um, we do a special sticker for the state of Washington and a few others. Um, you know, the last time that I sold a consumer uh, a trailer or motorhome from the United States to Canada, they had to make the modifications themselves. Now, what I do know, for those of you that live in Australia, live in a different country where you know, obviously, there has to be some kind of modifications for it to be legal in your country. Um, I do know there are folks here in the western United States and folks on the east coast and even in the south and even in Texas that can make those modifications for you before it gets shipped out. Um God, man, I can't think of the guy that I used 10 years ago. God, 10 years ago, I, I had done a couple of, of, they call them caravans in Australia. Uh, oh man, I can't think of the guy's name. But he used to make the Australian modifications for everybody. So we used to sell them. Uh, they'd have to go through this whole process where the company would pick them up after they got paid for and then the company would get paid on their end, and then they come back to the dealership lot, and then we had to ship them directly to the port. So I'm not, I'm pretty sure the same thing. I just don't know of companies out there, but if you're looking to ship something overseas to New Zealand or Australia, and there has to be those kind of modifications, I do know that there are folks that make those modifications here 
uh, in the United States. I'm not sure about Canada, but I do know there's guys out here in the United States that do it. Okay, next question. We got about 20 minutes left. Sorry, my allergies started going haywire here in Wyoming for whatever reason. Alright. Okay. Uh, why do dealerships not sell trailers and motorhomes for invoice? When I go down to a car dealership, I can buy any car or truck I want for up to $500 to $1,000 back of the dealership invoice. It seems like this RV dealership business wants to make huge amounts of money on every single transaction. Please explain this to me. It doesn't make any sense. Don't they want my business? They do. Um... Okay, I can't be tactful about this. This is this is um, this is where I go a little honey badger, and I'm not that mad, but just this is as direct as it gets. No, I bet you nobody will be as direct about this as I am. Okay, the car business is completely different than the boat, RV, and off-road business. 100 percent okay first of all your opportunity to buy something close to invoice or below invoice is happening today now i said last year and i was wrong last year i said personally that you had a three-month window. Well, that three-month window, because how slow December was, has expanded out to January, February, and March. Until dealerships are done with 2022 product, they are taking very little to none to losing money when it comes to profit. I have a dealership I know in California. It won't give you the name. won't give you the city. These, this family who owns this dealership is willing to lose up to 75000 total dollars between four motorhomes to get them off their lot so they ha- can stop writing checks to the bank. So if you want a deal, this is the time to do it. And if you're waiting for something else, I don't know what you're waiting for, sir. In a normal year, a dealership needs to make a total of around 10 to 15% profit on every single transaction. That's got to be the average through the year. That's new, used, combined. Okay, So that means if, if it's a $30,000 travel trailer, they need to make between $2,800 and $4,000 total to be able to make the deal work. It's because there's no factory incentive money. See, if you sell X amount of Cadillacs in a month, Cadillac writes you a check. And by the way, in most cases, car dealerships lose money in sales. So what I mean by that is by the time you pay the salesperson commission, By the time you pay your managers, your finance manager, you pay the lights, you pay the electricity, you pay the internet, you pay everything, 
you lose money in the sales side of the car business. All the profit, all the net profit is made in service. And if you want to know how I know that, I worked at several car dealerships. I asked questions. It's like I would look at deals that would come to me. So I was opening a dealership in Los Angeles area, northern North Los Angeles, up by Lake Isaac, okay? And these two awesome guys had me work between two types of stores, okay? When they would bring me deals on a car, I would sit there and throw up and go, you're losing $2,000 to sell this car? You're losing $1,500 to sell a car? But then you go back into the service records and you look at how much the cars got paid in warranty, how much body how much body work there was done, how much you know customer pay, how many oil changes, how many air filters. You look at the parts department. These guys made money. So all the profit is in service. In order to get service work, you have to sell the new cars, right? All right. It is a complete opposite at the RV dealership. The service department loses money. The service department, really good service departments in the RV business are what we call customer retention. If you go look at guys, people that go, I'm not buying from anybody else. I've seen it so many times at so many places. You know what? I'm not going to buy from anybody else but this dealer because they took care of me in service. That's what it's all about with the RV dealerships. Okay, Now, a lot of them are understaffed, and there's a lot. I hear complaints all the time about it. But for the most part, a lot of the RV dealerships across the United States have good service departments. Right? There are some bad eggs. Everybody's got bad eggs. right? But the sales department makes all the profit. Service loses money. Sales makes money. In the car business, cars or the sales department loses money, the service department makes profit. So that's why dealerships don't lose money on the regular to sell you an RV. That's why they don't sell you RVs. Now, this is a different time right now. This is, a, this is an extreme time that's going on right now. But in a normal business, if you're waiting till June, July, August of this year to buy your RV, the dealership is going to make a profit on you. They have to to keep the doors open. And here's the other difference, folks. Not in every market, but in most markets, how many car dealerships change ownership every two or three years? Tons. How many RV dealerships do that? Not very many. Most RV dealerships stay with the same ownership or ownership group for 10, 15, 20 years. There's a dealership in New Mexico that was passed from father to daughter. There is a, a dealership that I know that is expanding, okay, that he's owned it forever. Okay? Giant RV in California was owned is is and was it was I'm sorry, is and was, God rest his soul, owned by Bob Baruti for God, 40 years plus? So it just goes to show you that RV dealerships have a longer lasting relationship in their community than car dealerships do because of the way the structure of the business is. So to answer your question, 
The reason why a dealership is not willing to all the time lose money to sell you a fifth wheel or travel trailer motorhome is because all the entire profit center, even though it's not much profit, it's a very small amount of profit compared to what they actually spend to inventory that trailer or fifth wheel, that small amount of profit is what keeps the doors open. So that's the difference between, so I hope that answered your question because, you know, it, it's, people don't like to hear that people are making money. I don't know why. That's just like, hey man, you know, that's how businesses stay open. You know, they stay open by bringing in money and bringing in business and selling people stuff, whether it's a good, whether it's a service. You know, that's how people stay employed. That's how business owners put money in their pocket. That's how the government makes their money through sales tax and income tax and things of that nature. That's how the whole system works. If every business lost money on every single transaction, we'd be broke as a country. We'd be broke as a world. So... I, I, I know it sucks. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good right now in the truck industry. The truck industry is still trying to get 10, 15 grand over sticker on, on trucks. You know, you, you feel all of a sudden now you feel lucky to pay MSRP for a brand new truck. So that that's why I love my business I'm in. I, 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 you know, I got burned out a little bit on the retail side, but... You know, that's why I love the business I'm in because, you know, it, it's not an argument. It's not a fight. It's something you guys want to go do. It's a lifestyle you want to go do. And that's the other thing you have to understand, sir. If you're watching this either now or whether you're watching this down the road or you're listening to it on iHeartRadio or Spotify or whatever you're listening to, you're buying into a lifestyle. When you go buy a car, it's a pain in the rear end. Believe me, I'm the grinder of the universe when it comes to a car deal. I am an absolute pain in the rear end. I'll drive five, six, seven hundred miles. Heck, one time I got on a plane and flew to South Carolina and drove the SUV back across the United States to California. That's what a pain in the butt I am on the car side of things. But when I bought my fifth wheel, I didn't argue because I know how the business works, right? So it's a little different. You know, I, I I knew it was a great deal looking at it, you know, everything else, looking at the paperwork, look at the guy who was really charging me at the end, how much I was going to pay in sales tax, blah, blah, blah. And it made sense. And I was good with that. That's my second RV purchase I made, right? So you're buying into a lifestyle. You're buying into a lifestyle that is going to get you away from having to stay in hotels. Instead, of, and here's here's another way I want you to look at, it, sir. Okay, and, and and slap me later for it. Okay, completely understand. Slap me later for it. How much? If you go to Hawaii and you want a halfway decent week or two vacation in Hawaii, it runs you about thirty thousand dollars. That's for just doing the basic things that make a Hawaii trip worth it. I'm not talking about laying on a beach and getting drunk in an all-inclusive resort. I'm talking about all the tours. I'm talking about doing all the activities. It's going to run you $30,000-plus between airline, hotel, food, and all the accommodations and all the fun. Okay? That's for one vacation, right? When you buy a thirty dollars or $40,000 travel trailer, 
That's the next vacation for the next five to ten years. That's your own hotel on wheels. That's what you're paying for. You're paying for your own hotel on wheels. You're paying for access. You're paying not to sleep in a bed that somebody else has slept in. Not to say that I don't enjoy Hilton hotels. Don't get me wrong. I'm in Hampton Inn right now. But just have that understanding that a dealership has to make money somewhere. Okay? And I've probably drawn onto this way too long tonight. But that's where that's where my last update actually I, I'm gonna close this with these couple of statements, okay? I've been in this a long time, not as long as others. Let's see, this is year number 13 for me. I have yet to really understand the two most powerful motivations behind not doing this. Okay? And the powerful motivations of not doing this meaning not buying a travel trailer, not buying a motorhome, is, well, I'm going to lose money on it. I don't want to lose money. Okay. I have dealt with Hollywood celebrities, uh, movie stars in my career as a salesperson, I have dealt with people that have their business people that teach courses not to lose money that don't argue over price on stuff like this. They just don't. Why don't they argue about price on RVs and, and boats and things of that nature? It's because they see what they're purchasing. They're purchasing a lifestyle. They're purchasing a change. They're purchasing a camping experience. They're purchasing an experience. Right? That's what they're purchasing. They're not purchasing a business. They're not purchasing something to grow a business. They're purchasing a toy. So if they go out and buy a yacht from, you know, a broker or they go buy, you know, a, a Ferrari or they go buy a Jaguar, or they go buy a Land Rover, whatever they purchase, it is mostly a toy, and they just write the check, or they finance it. Everybody looks at them like they're the strangest people. Why are you paying full price? It's because they can afford it. That's what everybody tells me. It's because they can afford it. No, it's not because they can afford it. It's because they understand that they're not losing money. They're spending money. And I did a whole video on this. If you go to my video library, if you're watching this later, I do a video on this, why not to pay cash for an RV. And in this video, I, I, I expand on this, right? I expand on why you're not losing money, but you're spending money. So I'm going to give you a short preview of it. And then... Go see it. You can go check it out on my homepage. It's why five reasons not to pay cash for an RV. Okay. First things first. Everything has a value on it. All right. So a used 
let's say you go buy a used travel trailer this year for 40,000 or let's say you buy a brand new trailer for $40,000, okay? 5 years from now you say I'm done. The dealer offers to buy it from you for 20. Okay? Did you lose $20,000 or did you spend $20,000? You spent. You spent, if it's five years, you spent roughly about $4,000 a year to own a travel trailer to go camping. Let's say you got four, let's say you got three trips out of it, right? So three trips, let's say they were four days long, that's 12 days. That's pretty good. How many 12-day vacations can you take for $4,000? That you have your own hotel room on wheels, you have your own bed, you have your own food, you have all the access to go to national and state parks. You're not confined to one hotel room with an all-inclusive resort in the middle of a country that maybe you're worried about going outside because there's been kidnappings. There's all those things that come into play. So when somebody looks at the purchase of a RV, look at it as a purchase of your own hotel on wheels and that you're not losing money, you're spending money. See that mindset, that quick switch of a mindset? And flying to some island and hanging out for a week or two. You know, it just so much more to explore, so many more places to go. I pass by Mon. I go through Montana. Went through Montana this week or this month, I should say. And then I've gone through Wyoming and Oregon and Washington State, and all I've seen are just RV parks, RV campgrounds forever up in the mountains. I got to drive through Yellowstone to get to a dealership. I got to go through Missoula, Montana, where a river runs through it was filmed. I have to go and do it for a day to go visit dealers. Imagine you as the RVer. You get to stay there for as long as humanly possible. You get to make a trip out of it and build memories with you and your loved ones. And if you don't have any loved ones, you get to be have peace and quiet to yourself. Maybe your dog, maybe your cat, maybe some pet you bring with you. It's a lot of people I follow on YouTube and Instagram that live full-time in their van or their motor home, small motorhome, and they're the happiest people on God's green earth. That's the difference, guys. That's, that is why I tell you that you're buying a lifestyle. You're buying something that that gives you peace. We're in a rat race. We're in a maze with cheese in the middle and we're all trying to get to the cheese. And this is the the RV lifestyle is that nice little hey look there's a pathway that way where there's something different. It's incredible. It's why I've stayed in this business as long as I did. I couldn't stand timeshare. I did it because I had to. God bless karma or whatever brought me into this business 13 years ago. Because it made it just, I'm just so passionate about it. 
it, it, I actually live it now. I live it now. Don't forget Salt Lake City, Utah, February 16th through the 19th. I will be there. Got General RV going in there uh, with Clipper. I believe Castle Country will be there with Viking. Um, also, don't forget Portland RV Show. I'll be there with Curtis Trailers uh, and Clipper. Great dealership. All of them, man. All my dealers are awesome. All my dealers are great. Uh, I'm going to have one last thing. I'm going to have a real big surprise for you. So my sales manager, uh, we call him Red. Uh, he, he's back at the factory there in Michigan slash Indiana. And, uh, it, it, you know, big shout out to him. He sends me tales. Uh, I will, however, do one of two things. If I happen to be back in the factory, I will go live and show you this amazing, unique floor plan that my bosses came up with that I believe is just going to blow the industry away. And then the second or the second thing is he'll film it for me if I'm really busy. He'll film it for me and I'll post it here and then we'll do a live chat about it. Uh, I, I just think this floor plan is without a shout of the doubt is going to just surprise people and the price point uh to me is going to shock dealers and it's going to shock the consumer where they're like holy cow um so be uh, aware of that and uh we will see you guys next time uh i'm going to try to do this every single friday night uh I'm going to try to do it right around 4.30 Pacific time. I will post it and uh, all the social media from Facebook all the way to TikTok into my YouTube uh, uh, posts. Uh, what time every Friday. Okay. Have a great weekend. Happy hunting for your RV.